share with you a message of that vision of the holiness of God. But God has directed me in a different way of explaining holiness and the vision of holiness. We quite often want to have a vision like Isaiah chapter 6 where he saw the Lord high and lifted up. We so often want to see the majesty of Christ and know how to walk in holiness. But this morning, I want to share with you God's vision of holiness. How many of you know that God has a plan for His holiness to invade this planet? God has a vision for holiness. And if He didn't have one, we'd be a wreck. And so I want to share with you God's vision of holiness instead of our best attempts at trying to be holy. Amen? So if we'll begin there, let's look at God's vision of holiness. And so we have to define holiness. What is holiness? Holiness is that which is other than anything in the created realm. It is apart from that which is in the created realm. Because how many of you know that everything in the creative realm is under a curse? Everything in the created realm has a beginning. Everything in the created realm came from God. And holiness is that which is apart from the created realm, outside of time, outside of physical limitation. It is other than everything else. It is pure in its goodness, pure in its love, perfect in its peace, perfect in its joy. It is complete, lacking nothing. It is, in fact, God. We often speak of the holiness of God. And I want you to know that I think that's a mistake. Holiness is not what comes from God. Holiness is God. It is God. It is His nature. It is His being. So when we speak of holiness, we are speaking of the nature of God Himself. That's why you and I cannot produce holiness apart from God. There's no good action, no fasting, no ability that you can do, no effort you can make, even sacrificing your body, even giving all of your money, attending a religious service every day of your life. None of that will make you holy. If it's generated by you and out of your effort, there's no holiness in it. Because holiness is God. And it is His nature. So God has a vision for holiness. The plan, God sent the Son to remove sin in us so that He could install the Spirit of holiness in us. It's that simple, yet so profound. Under the curse and the weight of sin and death, you and I, are fallen. And God sent the Son to be the pure sacrifice to remove sin and the sin barrier between us and the Father. And having once removed sin by the perfect blood of Jesus, He now can install the very nature of His own Spirit of holiness in us. So now we have the nature of God's holiness in us. Therefore, we can be holy. That's God's vision of holiness. The cross removes sin and the Spirit imparts holiness. I'll say it again. The cross removes sin and the Spirit imparts holiness or the nature of God. The cross removes the old nature of Adam and puts in the new nature of Christ. Is that simple enough? 
And that's who we are. And that was God's plan from the beginning of time. And God has accomplished that. But it ain't over yet, folks. God's got a vision for holiness. God's got a plan for holiness. And I want to share it in three simple steps. And I'm hoping this morning that you have the download, the install of the Spirit of Holiness. Amen? Amen. But you've got to sign up. All right, you you got to apply. You have to apply at the cross. And when you apply at the cross committing your life, then he will download the zip file into you and once that thing opens up, it installs the nature of God. Amen. And then he installs the spyware to seek out and destroy whatever remnant of sin or virus of sin is still in us. You getting this? And He wants you to operate out of His nature in you. The old one is eradicated. And so what God says is He wants you to be partakers. This is God's vision of holiness. You can write these down, meditate on them later, but I want you to see what Jesus prayed in the garden in John chapter 17, verse 21 to 22. And He's praying to the Father in the garden, looking to God's vision of holiness for planet earth. And as he's looking, he's saying that they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you that they also may be in us. Come on. Come on. That's an invitation to be in God's own nature. Can you believe that? I can hardly believe that God would invite us into His nature. He has to eradicate sin in order for us to be in His presence. But this is an open invitation, not just to come to heaven. Come on, we got to get past minimalizing what the gospel is and look to the expanse of maximizing His vision of holiness. He wants you in, not heaven, in Him. He wants you in Him. He wants you married to Him. Do you understand the depth of oneness? Jesus is saying, just like, hmm, I wonder what that means. Just like I am in you. As much as Jesus is one with the Father, He is saying that they may be one in us. He's inviting us into His nature. Angels, don't get that invitation. Angels gather around the throne. Angels govern over the throne. But angels do not partake of God's own nature. He's inviting us. Now we will never become God. We will never become God because we were created. We can never attain Godhood. But we are invited into that nature. That. Is amazing. And that's his prayer. And he says this that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Why is the world going to believe that Jesus came from the Father? Because the nature of his sons has changed the dynamic of planet earth. Because when they look at Christians as the manifested sons of God, they're going to say, truly Christianity is out of this world. It is of another nature. It is the very nature of God. Truly Christians walk as Jesus walked. Truly Christians have something that no one else on this planet has. It's the nature of God's own holiness. 
but we have failed God's vision of holiness in our abilities. And so he's praying so that if we would walk in the vision that God has set for us, the glory that you have given me, I have given to... The glory that you have given me. In another portion of this prayer, he says, Restore unto me the glory that I had with you when I was in heaven. I'm paraphrasing. That glory has been given to whom? Us. And the gifts of God are without repentance. He will not remove that. This glory. So even as a son of God and a believer of the Lord, at my worst day, I still have the glory of God and I am still one with the Father. This is amazing. But the glory of God is being shared with you and I. So, <laughs> how can we be ashamed of our own nature in God? You, people of God, it's time that the church understands who we are, walks in it, and without shame. We're embarrassed to witness. We're embarrassed to say we're believers. We're embarrassed to mention Jesus. That's like denying your family name. Are you ashamed of who you are? Are you ashamed of where you came from? No way. I've got the glory of God and I'm one with the Father that they may be one even as we are one. And see, that's the effort and the work of the Holy Spirit to really begin to develop us orphans into sons of God that we would have the understanding that everything is ours through inheritance. We are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Can you believe that? If I'm a joint heir with Jesus, everything Jesus has is mine too. I'm a partaker with God. We don't pray like that, do we? We pray beggarly prayers like we're orphans outside of the realm. We think heaven is our home. God is our home. You get this? God is our home. Not some wispy kingdom out floating in clouds. The very person of God himself is our identity. We are not God, but we are one with God. Do you get it? Oh my gosh. Praise God. And that's his prayer. That's God's vision of holiness. I can't stop here. i got so much more to share. Second Peter says this, By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. These things are great because it changes the very nature of who we are. These promises are so great, it transforms the natural. These promises are supernatural, beyond the natural. Why do we keep trying to live to the natural? You're not of this world. You're of another world. You need to live out of the power of that world. These great and precious promises so that, okay, the so that is because we have these powerful promises so that through them, through what? The promises of God, every promise he's ever made is yes in Christ Jesus. They're ours. It's an assurance right there that through what Christ did by the blood of Jesus, every one of these promises is activated to us. So that, through these promises, you may become, what? Partakers of the divine nature. Would you like to partake? There's a smorgasbord set in front of you. You've been invited to come and dine. Now, whose fault is it if you don't eat? How many of you ever go to Golden Corral? Don't raise your hands. You'll implicate yourself. Yeah, I don't know about that place. Do you remember when those buffet places were the big thing? 
You ever walk up there? And you got to admit, some people are absolutely creative in their building of a plate. Right? Hey, more power to you. Paid the price. It's all yours. Some people opt the many plate option. They take a little dainty, 17 times, a little dainty plate. You never realize that while they're up there, they're on their 17th. But that's fine, man. One price for all. Right? And some people just get too excited. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm, I like that. I think I'll have that. I've never tried that. I might as well have that. I think I'll take this. <clears throat> I was in South Africa once <clears throat> at a, uh, a convention, a worldwide convention of all the IFCA missionaries, and we went to this place that was a super high-end uh, buffet. I mean, they had extravagant meats. They had tortoise. They had shark. They had rhinoceros. They had ostrich. They had, you name it, any animal, they killed it and you ate it. But what was interesting is, is that we were there with a, a, a number of Africans who had never had that kind of food. I mean, their meals were basically mealy and, and chicken with a little porridge, and that was their meal three times a day, always. And when they got to the smorgasbord, they could not fathom that much food. They literally thought they were in a trance seeing heaven. And what was interesting is they ate so much, I've never seen it only in cartoons, that literally their belly was so stuck out. And they were actually, I'd never seen or heard this before, they were drunk on food. They got punch drunk. You know what I'm saying? They were silly. They could not stop laughing. They were literally drunk on food. Now, wouldn't it be silly to go to something like that and take one portion and nothing else? We are partakers of God's what? Divine nature. Divine nature. That's an invitation into the supernatural. Partakers of God's divine nature escaping from the corruption that's in the world because of sinful flesh and sinful desire. He's saying, what are you going to desire more? The cravings of this natural world or the cravings for a supernatural world? What will you partake in, people of God? Children of God, where is your heritage? Here on earth, in this fallen and broken world, or all that is mine in me? We speak of heaven, we speak of heaven, but he's speaking of him personally. My nature, my nature. Heaven can't even contain his nature. It had to move into the physical realm too. And he's saying, I want you to partake of me. Partake of me. And what does it mean to partake? Koinonos. Koinonos is the Greek word to be a partaker. And what word do we get from koinonos? Koinonia. And we've studied koinonia. And koinonia means what? Fellowship, relationship, oneness. This goes right to the prayer of Jesus that they may be one as we are one and they are one with us. Being in fellowship, a partaker, a partner with me. That's what God did with Abraham. How many of you know that? He said, before I'm going to go destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, I'm going to partner with Abraham and have a conversation with him because they were in covenant. And whatever God did on the earth, he spoke in koinonia with his covenant partner, Abraham. And Abraham's just a foreshadow of what you are. And he asked 
Abraham, and Abraham had and shared in the partnership, shared in the fellowship of Father's heart, and said if there's ultimately ten righteous. You see, and ultimately what Abraham said is, will not the God of the, uh, uh, do right? Because Abraham had fellowship and koinonia with Father and knew that Father would not destroy if there was any righteous there. He was only reading the heart of Father. And there was not ten righteous there. But the only few righteous he got out, and that's the, fart of, uh, the, the heart, get past that, of Father. Amen? Amen? And so fellowship, you've been asked to be in fellowship with God's nature. That means that you're not going to respond the way your flesh wants you to respond. You're not going to respond to the things that are said against you the way you used to. Because you're participating in his nature. Your patience now for the stupidity of others is exceptional. You don't have road rage because you don't need to go there because you've got peace with the Father and you draw out of His nature, not your nature. That old nature's gone, nailed to the cross. Do you understand that this holiness and this vision that God has is He said, I'm putting in you my nature. And so draw out of my nature, not out of your flesh. Be a partaker in fellowship with this nature. You love those that no one can love. You're patient with those that no one else can be patient with. Look at how patient God is with you. Oh my goodness. You've got joy in the midst of sorrow because you're drawing from his nature and you know that there's nothing that's going to last or take you out that God isn't in charge of. First Peter said this, I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ as well as a partaker in the glory that's going to be revealed. I am in koinonia with his glory. That they may share in my glory, that they may in koinonia in my nature. See, we've limited salvation to a ticket to go to heaven. And that's not God's vision of holiness. Do you know that when God looks at you, he sees his holiness? It's been imputed, credited unto you. You need to begin to have the vision that God has of you and concerning you. You're the holiness of God. He who knew no sin became sin so that you might become the righteousness of God. That you partake in His glory. You are in fellowship. You share His glory. When you walk in the room, the nature of God walked in the room because you're a vessel of honor that carries it. Talk about the renewing of our minds and being transformed by it. We think that simply means stop sinning. That is so minimal to what this is. Sin becomes something so obtuse, so like whatever. Who even bothers with that anymore? I'm walking in the nature of God. Please understand what I'm saying. Saint Athanasius, early church father, gave us one of the greatest creeds, the Athanasius Creed, that shares the power and the definition of the triune God, and it is the creed in which the church is built after the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, and the Athanasius Creed are the essential creeds of the church. And he said this, 
because he understood what this vision of holiness that God had for us is. By grace we become what God is by nature. By grace we become what God is by nature. We will never become God. Please, somebody, don't walk out of here and be all mad at me because Pastor Tim says we're, we're going to become gods. If you're not getting this, and I'm putting this uh, very abruptly and bruntly, uh, we will not become God, but we're asked to participate in His nature. To share in it. He's invited us into it to partake of this glory. Isn't that a risk? (laughs) For God to put Himself in us. Wow. That's how confident His vision of holiness is. He's flooding this planet with His holiness. Again, we have this escapism idea that the world is going to be filled with sin. That's not God's plan. Because where sin abounds, what happens? Come on. Where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. God's got a vision for holiness on planet earth. Have you read the end of the book? All the earth will be filled with His what? Glory. And His glory is His nature. And who are the stewards of that nature on the earth in the physical realm? We are. Walk in it. Live in it. Breathe in it. By grace, we become what God is by nature. It's an invitation into Him. Now, then there is an expectation that God has. We're partakers invited into the fellowship of Him. It was Jesus' prayer. Does Jesus get what He prays for? Absolutely. The cross accomplished that. This program is in full scale, full board. It is operating right now. Now, whether you want to move in it or not is up to you, but I'm telling you, we're invited into the holiness of God. It is a vision to take over this community, to take over your house, to take over your family, to take over the world. The vision of holiness is God's nature invading planet earth. And God's nature is better than any false religion. God's nature is better than any humanism, any atheism, any Mormonism, any Islam, any Buddhism, anything else. None of it brings the nature of God Himself, which is love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, and patience. All of it. It's the very nature of God that He wants to flood in and He's got vessels everywhere that activated will bring His nature. So when you show up, the nature of God shows up. It's an expectation. He said this in Colossians 1.27, To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. What is the glory of the mystery? What's the mystery? Christ in you. The hope of glory. That's the mystery that the world had no idea. The devil and, and the demons had no idea what God's plan was. It was to invade planet earth. Jesus came. They thought the Messiah was going to set Israel free. Jesus came to set humanity free. Jesus, God's vision of holiness was to get us out of sin, put his nature in us, and bring his nature into the physical realm. And that was a mystery that no one understood And it is Christ in you, Messiah in you, Jesus in you, God's nature in you, God's word in you, God's mind in you, God's being in you. The hope. Now what is hope? Hope is what? Thank you. It's an expectation. Right? Hope is vision. Faith is the substance of things 
hoped for. Hope is a vision. Hope is an expectation. Hope is a trusting of what is coming. So Christ in you is the expectation of what? What is glory? I'll explain it to you. The Hebrew word for glory is chabad. Say it to your neighbor, chabad. Thank you. Chabad. And the Chabad of God, the Shekinah, the glory, the word literally means a weight. It's akin to the word liver. <laughs> and, 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 and ancient Jews believed that the liver held the, the essence and the glory of man. And so the very Chabad of God is his nature. And his nature had weight. When the Chabad, the glory of God, came into the camp, it had such weight that everyone fell on their face because the weight of God's presence filled the temple. They couldn't enter into it. It was a wall of His presence. The Chabad of God walked over them as a cloud all day long blocking out the sun, and it was a fire at night keeping them warm. It was the weight of His presence. It was substance. So do you understand that the mystery of God was that Christ in you the nature of God in you is the expectation of His presence. You're the expectation of His nature. You don't walk like that. I don't walk like that. It's time we walk like that. Anybody with me? Come on, get this in. Saturate it. Saturate it. Some of you walk with certain stature. Some of you walk with certain authority. And some of you are timid around others, but, but I know that some of, you, some of you moms out there, come on, when it's your kid, mm, mama bear, mama bear. And then when it's your own kid, <laughs> You, that that ain't going to fly. I don't know what's going to draw out the authority in you, but this nature of God. We have been such wimps. Christianity is so wimpy. Do you think that we represent the nature of God in this nation, on this planet, on this block? We walk around like cowards. We walk around like wimpies. We walk around like we're borrowing and, uh, come on. We've got to walk in the nature of God. We walk in the presence of God, but you've got to be able to display it. Devil's got us chasing sin and chasing our weaknesses. God has remedied that. Let's get rid of it and let's start walking in the authority of Christ. When you pray, do you understand? You pray the very power and nature of God. You are the expectation of His presence. When there's a problem, uh uh-oh, they asked Sylvia to pray. And the demons go, no, not Sylvia. Yes, Sylvia, it's over. She walks in his nature. She commands in his authority. She understands his purpose. I want the men of God to wake up. Men of God, you need to be ruthless in prayer. You need to take your position and take your authority in prayer. You need to be a man of God. Some of you are hunters. You hunt, you see that deer, you don't go, hmm, Oh my, it's a deer. Oh, what should I do? You pull out your shotgun and you kill the thing. You take dominion and authority over that. When will you pray like that, men? 
When will you pray with authority? When will you pray with authority? When will you pray with His nature? Why did He put it in us? Is it a travel case? I'm serious. I'm so serious. This is God's vision of holiness. We're playing with definitions. We're playing with what it means when it's very simple. He's invited us to partake of Him. And you're the expectation of Him on earth. Somebody write this verse down. 1 John 4, 17. 1 John 4, 17. John says, As He is, also are we in this world. As He is, also are we in this world. As He is, where is He? Seated on the throne. He is a man, flesh and bone, in heaven, on the throne of heaven. We sit with Him, the book of Ephesians says. We're joint heirs. We're seated with Him in heavenly places. As He is, we are. That's the invitation into His glory. That's the partaker, the fellowship of His nature. That's the expectation of His presence in this world. And it's time and it's coming that we walk in this vision of holiness. That's holiness. That's holiness. I'm being transformed even now. I hope you are too. I hope that you are just beginning. Every cell in your being is being sanctified into the vision of holiness. You're going to pray differently. You're going to walk differently. You're going to talk differently. Stop messing around with the things of this flesh and begin to mess around with the nature of God and put it into play. Amen? Amen. Last of all, the manifestation of this. Colossians 1.27, to them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles the glory of this mystery which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Manifestation, there we go. Ephesians 3.19, may you experience this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be what? Filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Am I making this stuff up? Now, I know I'm proof texting. Now, what that means is you take texts to prove your point. But I want you to know I'm not proof texting. I am reading the manifesto of the New Testament of the purpose of God's vision of holiness. And what God wants is this, for us to be filled to filled. Now, let's just take it apart. What does filled mean? To the top. Thank you. Who's supposed to be filled? We are, all of us, filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. How much is all the fullness of God? Come on. Wow. Meditate on that for seven years. The expectation of His presence, the expectation. This is God's vision of holiness, that you would be filled with the measure of Him. By grace we become, but by nature God is. Right? We share, we fellowship in Him so that we would be filled to the full measure of God's fullness. Wow. I'm not there. I'm not there. Now there will be a day when we will be there when we shed this body. 
but the progress should be with an ever-increasing glory. And today, I'm believing you've changed already. You can't be exposed to this stuff without being changed already. Amen? And if, if you're not changed, then I question if you're regenerated. Because the Spirit of God is just leaping. Is, is anybody else getting, getting uh, messed around here? Ephesians 4.13, Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. That mature just doesn't mean you behave yourself. That mature means becoming what you are supposed to become. What are you supposed to become mature in? Huh? You say, oh, I'm mature because I have white hair. That's not your identity. What is your identity? A son of God. You're to mature as a son of God. And so you come into maturity attaining. What does this maturity do? It attains the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The fullness of God, the fullness of Christ. We're supposed to be attaining the full measure. Nothing lacking. That's his nature. There's nothing that lacks in his nature. So when we are lacking, you know that's an area that you pray into. God, come fill that place. I got a temper issue. God, that is not your nature. Come on, it's time to start seeking that stuff and obliterating it, knocking it out, knocking it out. Don't be content with an old nature. You've got the nature of God. Ephesians 1, 22 and 23, And God placed all things under His feet and appointed Him, Jesus, to be head over everything for the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. Do you see the, the, the vision of holiness? You are Jesus as He is. Hmm? You are in this world. He's the head and it's not decapitated, you're the body, he is, the fullness of Christ is here in the earth, in whom? Thus, us, the church. Wow, that's God's vision of holiness. See, I'm going to be spending all year teaching you about holiness, and what is holiness, and walking in holiness, but if we don't have God's vision of holiness, you're all going to think it's your effort. Can I tell you? It was his effort. And his effort and his plan will succeed. What he began in you, he's able to complete. You're going to walk in maturity and stature. Let me summarize what God's vision of holiness is for you. In Christ, all the fullness of God lives bodily. Therefore, may you be filled to the full measure of God till we attain the whole measure of Christ's fullness for the church is the fullness of God. That's God's vision of holiness, the church manifested in the earth. Do you understand who you are? I hope today you begin to realize who you are. And this is collectively. This is all of us. We're all on this thing and in this together. We are all in God's vision of holiness. Uniquely, individually, but corporately, we're the body of Christ. So we're working at this fullness. So how dare anyone here criticize or ridicule someone who is not attaining that measure? If, if they don't attain the measure, we all don't attain the measure. You getting this? We need one another. We move in this together. God's vision of holiness is for the body. And so if one of us is weak, we all pray. If one of us is broken, we all help. If one is, is weak in an area of sin, 
then we gather around him and we say, come on, we're rooting for you. We love you. Isn't there a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us who have gone before and made it the vision of holiness in their lives has triumphed. And so we rally. We come here together to worship him because we're becoming his holiness. It's the expectation of his nature on planet earth. It's you and I. And we're doing this together. And you're the church. Look at you. You're amazing. What a miracle. Wednesday night we had testimonies of where we all came from. It's unbelievable. We were all a mess. But now, you're a partaker. In fellowship with the identity of God's own nature. Look at you. Look at you. One ounce of his nature can change this planet. What happens when you get filled with it? Let's bow our heads. God, your vision of holiness is awesome. I wouldn't have picked us, but you did. I wouldn't have picked me. I know that for sure, but you did. Oh, God. Oh, God. Look what you've done to us. (laughs) Look what you've done to us and with us. It is amazing, oh God. You're so awesome and pure and holy. And you have that expectation for us to be that holy and pure. Not of our effort, but by your nature in us. I will cooperate with that nature. I will respond to that nature with joy. Let it flow.